Dame. What's up? That was quite a month we had up at the Apple store. We did do it. My feet are up. I'm on my brand new phone. Shout out to Apple. Yeah, you've been taken care of. We are now in a new month. And the the Apple store grind doesn't stop. So this is Black History Month. So all month, they're going to be having events and workshops there where you can learn from different artists, whether it be photographers, filmmakers, poets, dance, and I'm sure other forms will be there to connect how we can use our tools today to the history of Black people in this land and around the world. So from February 1st to the 29th, Check out uh, the events that they got going on. You can visit apple.co slash Black History Month 2020 to reserve your spot. So get up there and check the Today at Apple series. Yo. Hello. What's up, y'all? This is Ergo. It is indeed. We are here. I'm Damon. I'm Kiss. And we are here as always showcasing a strong voice, reshaping the culture of our city and our world for the more equitable and creative. And I feel successful in accomplishing that. How you feeling though? I'm good. You just gave us a thumbs up. I did thumb it up. Wow. Yeah. And if you're if you're hearing this or reading this, go ahead and thumb it up. That was like a real life Facebook live. Yeah, wherever you're at. Thumb it up. Subscribe. Give some commentary. We actually give a lot of calls to action in this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do things. So in this episode, you'll hear uh, a couple places that we want you to call. Yeah, we need some activity. When you call, if you follow these instructions, this is a little like um, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Send us the screenshots of your phone call or a recording if you can do it. Do it on speaker, record it, whatever. And if you do both of the calls, we will send you a free t-shirt. Yeah. Cool? Yeah. Great. That's a deal. So our guest today is, is... the wonderful... Phenomenal poet, teaching artist, Dominique James. Dominique graduated summa cum laude. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. From Howard University. Damn. She's completed research fellowships at UC Riverside and the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture in New York. She is a teaching artist at YCA, where she, as you'll hear, doesn't really fuck with poems anymore. (laughs) But what she makes, as she puts it, is word-based multimedia projects, which sounds pretty raw. Um, She also... We don't even talk about this, but it's about to go to law school. Yeah. So she's just a phenomenal, always been a shining star of our community. And like this, if, if nothing else, has been an exercise in documenting our community. So it was really great to have Dominique here because the, the story is incomplete without her. And so it was great to be able to offer her the praise and appreciation that she deserves. And I feel like y'all will feel it. Also, there's a kind of big announcement there toward is, the end of this one. There is some cute, big announcement. Boo. So if you like, like Damon... As a person, stick it through. <laughs> if you have a crush on Damon, I'm sorry. <laughs> or <hey. laughs> We never know. <laughs> a couple last announcements. Make sure that you subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you use. Please, please, please write us a review and give us a rating. Not us as people, but us as a podcast in your podcast app. You can book us at ergoradio.com slash booking. And you can buy an Ergo tea at ergoradio.com slash store. That's all the information I think they need. No, also, incorrect. you can just give us money for nothing in return other uh, than a free show. Ergoradio.com slash donate. Support us. Make that a monthly donation. Yeah, you can do that. I have to pay rent every month as does Damon. Yep. So until we go off the grid and we record podcasts from the land that we're squatting on in the mm-hmm. middle of the forest, mm-hmm. hit us with a little recurring. We're all surviving capitalism. <laughs> Absolutely. Help us do it. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get to our conversation with the wonderful Phenomenal. Dominique James. Damon changed my life when he told me about Synergy. 
Wait, what? Now we have an entry point. <laughs> I have to, I'm trying to recall what that was. I don't remember that. So I gave a keynote to um, students at Roosevelt University, uh-huh. um, I think in April of 2019. And it was all about how, like, the entry point was our conversation where you told me to think about synergy because I think I had, it was like oh. maybe six months after I graduated, maybe a year. And I was like, yo, I really don't know what I'm doing. Like I have these interests, but they're seemingly divergent. I just really don't know what to do. And then I, I, I don't know why you were like, how are you doing? And like, that was my answer. <laughs> and you were like, synergy. <laughs> and I was like, what? Damon will give you an abstract now when you need it. <laughs> yeah. When you need an abstract now, he's got you for that. He was like, you just got to find the synergy. I was like, okay. How's that? How, have you found any? Yes, I found the synergy. And then, so basically the keynote was just me <laughs> reflecting on that whole kind of process post-grad finding the synergy and then where it's taking me now. Mm. So that's my elevator pitch. That's that's amazing. <laughs> that like post-school figuring is impossible. It's so yeah. fucking hard and there's like no tools for it and no books. Yeah. Like, what a mess. It's really trash. But oh, wow. That means, I'm like... Yeah. Did you? Yeah, was it no, also trash? No. You, oh yeah. Oh okay. Oh I just was yeah. Like, no, the I last, don't want it to be trash. But no, yeah. The, la- the last five six years have been horribly tumultuous. <laughs> like <laughs> it's the worst thing it's, ever. Yeah. I was. It's the, <laughs> That's so it's funny. The, it started when I went to school. It's like <laughs> going to school, like, and then the whole school sucked, and like it has been very yeah. tough since. I keep trying to like get back up on the horse, and like each time it's, <laughs> it's like it's weird. You know, I got things. I, I try not to be like too woe is me because mm-hmm. you know. This is beautiful. I've created things. I've been a part of things. That's fine. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) But 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 you can have woe intrinsically, not be woe. Woe isn't you, but woe you got some. I I have have a yes. I've had (laughs) a ride with them. No, that means so much. When they when I don't think Drake started that, but that was like when people started saying like my woe. I was like. One, this word already has a meaning, <laughs> and it is the opposite of a friend. <laughs> it's closer to a foe. <laughs> like, yeah, I also ride with my woes. <laughs> That's why I go to therapy. <laughs> Period. Um, yeah, I'll be on 76 with my woes. <laughs> it's funny. My, Anxiety. My, my best friend did live on 76 for a while. <laughs> and there's, there's much woe. Okay. Out of it. No, now okay. you know what you're getting it's into. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, we're gonna be fine. <laughs> nah, we're all right. I have faith. Let's start where we always start. Okay. In this time, this moment, this season, how is the world treating you, and how are you treating the world? I really think the world is treating me with a lot of grace. Mm. I am because of that. Trying to move in gratitude mm. uh, doesn't always work. Um. But I'm aspiring to treat the world with grace. I think sometimes I'm treating the world with a tiny bit too much impatience. Mm. What kind of grace are you getting? Um, like just a lot of yeses that mm. I am not sure that I deserve, whatever that means. Mm. And I think just a lot of like small blessings, like time and moments. Like I ate a bowl of cereal day, and I was like, wow. Really enjoying this. <laughs> I, had, I don't know. It was my first time having life cereal. And I put a little cinnamon That's in there. Meta as fuck, by the way. <laughs> I just feel like I'm finally enjoying life. And I was just like, wow, I'm really thankful for this moment to I'm be sitting here. 
eating this live cereal. <laughs> That's so, so funny. beautiful. <laughs> Let's also formally introduce. Sure. So we have with us poet, teaching artist, multimedia artist, culinary artist. <laughs> I claim it. I don't know if okay, they do, okay. but I claim it explicitly which we don't give enough love to the culinary artists up here culinary artist curator dynamic bold person a shining light in our community we got dominique james in the building (laughs) 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 so we're all over the place we should have done that already but we got it yeah so i'm gonna offer some gas Okay. Right now. That's yes, something that up. I do. Some gas. Yeah, yeah. Gas you up. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like, let's no. get this show on the road. Oh, let's <laughs> it, it might also do that. Okay. Um, I just want to say how much I, you know, I've always appreciated and admired you. I forget how much younger you are yeah. because you have always been such a, like, a bold, well-postured, dynamic invigorating spirit and presence uh and so even when you have been amongst your seniors even when you was like an actual baby (laughs) you've always like taken up space in a way that is exciting it might be challenging norms but it's fun Mm -hmm. um and yeah you're just like a beautiful beautiful person and so i've always appreciated knowing you and i'm always excited every time we cross paths i'm going to see you so very happy to have you up here very happy to see what's going on in your world and in your life and reflect and reconnect a little bit so that's that's my first serving of gas i'm sure that was some quality gas that was like premium (laughs) 93 yeah (laughs) that's funny none of that watered down shit no 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 no, no, this ain't sicko (laughs) (laughs) you know there was like a conspiracy or like a, a folklore that like Sitco is like hood gas wow. everywhere, and then like it's like worse and water like that. Sitco is only in the hood. There is such thing as that hood gas. Yeah, yeah, hood like, gas and hood thing. tax on gas. I f- don't know where this is rooted in. I view Falcon that way. Yes, certainly. Falcon fuel is definitely a hood gas because that station. shit is twenty five cents cheaper per gallon than any other gas, and doesn't run for as long, and is only in the hood. Whoa. Okay, I just learned how to drive, so. Congratulations. Well, not like just, okay, it's been like a year, <laughs> a year and a half. That's but you just feel one. comfortable. And so I'm not really familiar with the whole gas thing. I just go to Costco. Oh, well, that's. That's a, that's a mature choice <laughs> to make. <laughs> so you have a, you have your own Costco card? Yes, I got it for Christmas before I knew how to drive Um, because See? I really like grocery stores. Mm. Mm. I'm with you. Yes, I'm with you. So, so you strike me or always have a very like prepared person like you you always seem to kind of have like the school shit like kind of down pat that's mm-hmm. kind of been your game mm-hmm. uh like I, I can see you applying for a thing and like getting it and like putting things into place and then you make them like cookies and stuff too which is yeah. also like you have to be very prepared <laughs> on your baking intentionality and the timing of it yes. uh does that feel true for you it or feels is it perception very true i was at a work retreat this week and i led a workshop on organization and playing and i realized like oh i've been this way my whole life like there are little things like oh well i do this thing and i learned it when i was 16 and i was like you that's weird like (laughs) other 16 year olds are not writing down their goals every year of their life until 30 or like (laughs) planning what they would do each day and where each day i don't know where it came from and it also has never been a burden it's Mm, always been a thing that's freeing because I I love having like a plan. Obsessive. Yeah, I love having a plan more so just to ensure that I'm moving forward, but I'm never married to it. The plan mm. has changed a thousand and one times, but it's always been there. And it's very, it feels very good. I don't, yeah. 
that is tricky. I think, at least for me, the part of the plan making is to feel like things aren't out of my control, hmm. right? So for you, you know, it sounds like yeah. there's a, a level of like comfort with that surrender of like the, this plan doesn't mean that this is what will happen. It just means that I'm not mm-hmm. unprepared. How do you wrestle with or how do you think about control over what happens next? Yeah, that's a big thing. And I, I see it manifest more so in other parts of myself. I never examined the planning like goals and stuff mm-hmm. as an extension of that control part of me. There's a large part of me where the preparation comes because I want to control outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I realized that like I couldn't control outcomes. So I'm just going to control my response. And part of that was like anticipating every single outcome. So I do that a lot, which Mm. is probably the bad part of my kind of planning overthinking stuff, which, wow, it's getting deep real quick. (laughs) Um, I guess I've always understood that part of me that wants to be prepared as an extension, like from various childhood traumas, like, okay, Mm. How can you equip yourself for whatever worst outcome might happen? Mm. And I kind of had a similar reaction where I was like, okay, I'm going to hyper-discipline myself because I can't discipline the things happening to me. And so maybe my little planning thing is not as healthy as I thought it was. Because I'm not sure if they're related. I guess part of it is like it comes just from a general acceptance of like all I can really control is me. Yeah. And I think trying to prepare for outcomes is the unhealthy part of it because Mm -hmm. even if I anticipate every bad thing that might happen to me or someone I love, that's not going to adequately prepare me for if they happen. It's not like, oh, you can't surprise me. Right. Negative outcomes. Like, that's not fair. Yeah. But me trying to discipline myself in a way that involves dreaming and imagining I think that part of it is not so bad yeah. because it's like, okay, well, what do you want? And, like, that's one space in which, like, I can plan and prepare in a way that isn't rooted in fear. Yeah, and isn't so I, I, and isn't, I don't end. want this to happen. Yeah. It's what do I want to yeah. happen. And I think what I hear or admire about it the most that I struggle with is it's, it's the building of the process, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't control the outcome, but you can mm-hmm. design steps and be fluid in your process. Mm-hmm. But, like, nothing of value happens yeah. without a process. Mm-hmm. And so how do you see whether that's poetically or as a teaching artist that approach coming out in your work or I also assume that you have other work that like I don't know or see about so if there's other things outside of that box that Mm -hmm. that are appropriate when you say that process what do you mean that approach of you're a planner you seek to Mm -hmm. mitigate certain outcomes you 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 seek to be in some type of control and preparedness Mm -hmm. you said you were planning out goals since you you know 15 16 and so how does that come out in the different ways Hmm. because part of it is like where daniel was saying like that both and of like okay here's where that planning and kind of control tendency may manifest perhaps like unhealthily or unproductively in this like okay i'm gonna try and control outcomes and that's like what i don't want to happen and then Hmm. there's the what i do want to happen and like that's a bit more freeing a bit more positive so this is kind of like that same mechanism is operating in these two different ways I, i see that manifesting most in my teaching practice, I would say, this questioning of, okay, what do you want and what do you not want? Um, I think it manifests a lot in the types of workshops I bring, the types of materials I bring into students, asking those questions, but kind of divorced outside of the control thing that manifests for me. It's more so about imagination. I think that's the, there is any core theme of my teaching practice, it would be imagination so 
how can we imagine new things out of the things that we don't want? How can we imagine more of what we do? I think that is like how yeah. it manifests in my teaching. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I've been really thinking about a lot, you know, we spend so much time on here and just in the world talking to people who do writing workshops and other types of mm-hmm. arts workshops. And people have such like deep love for their prompts Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's some really cool shit that comes up Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering for you do you have like a particular prompt that you're like this is my hottest prompt (laughs) Mm. interesting i think there'd be like three main questions Mm -hmm. that i just ask derivatives of throughout (laughs) (laughs) and the questions slightly deviate based on whatever material we are investigating for the day. But those three questions are definitely like, what are you grateful for? What brings you joy? And what do you need to heal from? There's some form of those questions in my work. So, for example, today. Damn, that's a, those are three good-ass questions. <laughs> yeah, and so they're, they're very— You know you just fucked up, right? How so? You know we about to ask you all those questions. What you don't know is I have your 2019— Oh, well, I was wondering. I was like, okay, right I was. And I was like, I also there's that. Um, <laughs> so the, those questions. What are you grateful for? What brings you joy? Okay, wait. You no, no, I'm from? not not even yes. for you, but like just. What are you grateful for? What brings you joy? And what do you still need to heal from? Mm-hmm, are kind mm-hmm. of the things I'm always investigating. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's never ending. Ever, and those are questions that I want my students to become well-versed in asking, and I want it to be a habit. So, for example, this morning I taught Palindrome by Nate Marshall, mm. which is really phenomenal That's poem. a great poem. You can find for free on the Poetry Foundation's website. Or you um, can buy Nate's book, Wild Hundreds. Oh, it's in there? Yeah. Wow, yeah. Whatever works for you. Um, <laughs> for the more moneyed of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. I didn't know that was in there. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. And the kind of pre-writing questions I asked them to consider were, what are some things you want to undo? Like they just mm. never, ever happened, whether that's in your personal life or more broadly within history. Second question was, what are some things you want to change? So it still happened, but you get to change it. And I gave mm. my example, like, I would love to redo college. Like, still go to Howard, do that, but change some key things. And then the third question was, what are some things you want to revisit just to experience again? Mm. And I think that's just one version of those three questions yeah and then the prompt was write the directions to whatever thing it is that you want so and oh, so, so you've been you've been asking these questions to however many dozens of young people for however many years yeah. now what are the young people teaching you from their answers or what are the patterns that are emerging of a teenager asking themselves these very like deep existential questions if we're putting on our amateur social scientist hats <laughs> <laughs> um i think just for example today when i taught that workshop what I was kind of fascinated by was that we all, no matter kind of what age you are, have a past. And so, like, they're mm-hmm. saying, they're seniors in high school, and they're like, I really want to redo freshman year. And I'm mm-hmm. like, but that's, like, that's so close. Like, that's yeah. so recent. But, like, that for them is their past. And that was just really fascinating to me that they're all, like, no matter the length of it, everyone has that history. And that I think everyone also naturally investigates that history whether it's kind of like active or frequent we all are have a past that we consider yeah i think little kids do it all the time right how many yeah. times do you look at it like i'm not a i'm not a baby anymore yeah like yeah, i'm a big yeah. kid now yeah. right it's like yeah. already trying to differentiate from mm-hmm. your past mm-hmm. 
Man. This notion of time that like our brain is developed. That's something that's like uniquely human. It's yeah. like this notion of past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's part of why I think we're all tweaking is because <laughs> like nature isn't like ready for hmm. dealing with past, present, and future. And like we're just like struggling huh. to try to figure it out. We hurt so much because we, yeah. we like an animal can't feel the same level of loss. Yeah. That we can like mm-hmm. they like in the immediate of like you're taking right, my young mourn, away, mourn it, but yeah. it can't be like oh damn this reminds me of three years ago when mm. you know. You're saying so, like yeah. like elephants aren't having flashbacks. <laughs> they might. <laughs> they might. Uh, elephants. Maybe elephants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Memory, <laughs> If but... anybody's got flashbacks, it's elephants. But elephants. they won't do the same thing of like oh we're gonna compete with future generations and like create a monument for me. I'm the elephant. Mm-hmm. You need to remember me a hundred years from now. Mm. Or like, oh, I'm going to save this for my kids because the future is so mm-hmm. crazy that I'm going to send my kids to college and not take care of everybody mm-hmm. else's need, right? Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's low-key a book by a white man that <laughs> was talking about why white people are crazy. It's called Iceman Inheritance. Okay. Iceman Inheritance? Mm-hmm. And, and it has a, a forward by John Henry Clark who's like, was Malcolm X's teacher. He's like wow. old school Harlem, like black thought. We're going to add this. Book. That's now on the Ergo reading list. I read a lot of books, man. If you're curious about the books named on the show, go to ergoradio.com and click on the reading list. Called link. it the Kronos Complex. Like Ooh, everybody eats their like babies. the like the gyros. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's some like Greek mythology <laughs> no, no. of like a guy that was eating all his babies. Etymology, see what I'm trying to say. Because that's he what was the a... gyros are named after. No, Kronos. <laughs> no. The company for the it's called Kronos. K R O N O S. Oh, then yeah, hell yeah. Dang, damn. Really we just connected gyros. a dot I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, that's also as as the only non-Chicago in the room. The pronunciation of that word is the most Chicago specific. Gyro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, never heard anybody else. <laughs> okay, the, all of the other pronunciations like make me feel a little stupid. Like, so I'd be like, dang, gyro probably wrong, but that's what I'm gonna order. <laughs> I'm not saying, can I get a euro? Like. Not I think that's where hero sandwich comes from. That's my theory. Mm, a mispronunciation of gyro? Mm. Of, of gyro? So gyro is the correct oh, term for it in Greek. See? So that's oh. what I You think. didn't even know you was going to get this knowledge. No. Look, look I'm also juice. like, what's a hero sandwich? <laughs> oh, that's like what they call like a sub in some places. In the got space. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you got a reading list and an etymology yeah, yeah, back yeah. to back. Boom, boom. And like an eating list as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need an ergo eating list. We do list. need like a list of like <laughs> what's the hottest gyro. Yeah. I'm not a big gyro person. What's your like hood? Like mm. your, like your you was coming back from Howard like, oh, I'm finna boom, boom. Do you have a top two or three? Okay, it's not a meal, but my number one off anything is Hot Crunchy Curls. Like, okay. period. I got back. Send to me at Howard. Like that. They didn't have them out there? No, it's Vintners. It's a, it's a Vintners thing. Is like, a I decided company. for my birthday this year, if it's possible, I want to just go on a tour of the Vintners factory. <laughs> so you should get like sponsored. <laughs> I just want to go visit, see how my beloved Hot Crunchy Curls <laughs> are made. This might be one of those. That uh, might be something you want to avoid. Yeah, this might be one of these don't meet your heroes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't meet your hero. <laughs> Okay, that's very fair. Okay, I'll reconsider. Well, maybe like the distribution factor. Okay, okay. Or okay. I just I'm seeing bags up or something. Yeah, yeah, the bagging station. Okay, that's, got it. that's it. <laughs> just see like the big vat of like yeah. where you can like <laughs> just like dive in. Imagine, yes. imagine like um the balls in like Odyssey Fun World yes, or Chuck E. Cheese. Exactly. Like just be able to yeah, the big just hot crunchy in. curl, just crunch. <laughs> yeah, and then just you just got dust curls off, off you. <laughs> Forever. That's hilarious. So yeah, how crunchy? Okay, there's no reason for y'all know this about me, but I eat very, very healthy. Mm-hmm. I kind of and know I that. eat snacks. Yes, like in my bag, there's a green smoothie, and then there's some chips. Right, like because you have food and you have snacks. Period. Those are two different exactly. Categories. So I'm more of a snack like hood snack person. So the hot crunchy curls, the watermelon slice suckers. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Where it looks like a slice of watermelon mm-hmm. on a stick, but they have other flavors mm-hmm. that aren't watermelon. But they still look like a watermelon. Exactly. <laughs> They're mine. Um, I have some good news for you, by the way. Wow. I have the phone numbers <laughs> for the Vintners. So they are a subsidiary of Snack King, okay. which is actually based in California. Okay. But they do have a Chicago manufacturing facility mm-hmm. and a distribution center. You know what? I'm just going to read the number off on the air. And I think the <laughs> listeners, if you're really about it, <laughs> call which them. Yeah, tell them to sponsor uh, Dominique. <laughs> so the manufacturing facility is in Freeport, and the telephone number is 815-232-6700. Uh, call them, and let, let's build a little yeah, viral yeah, yeah, campaign yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Let's get this going. Uh, then the district, if we can do nothing. We're going to get you the sponsorship. Everybody's always listening, like, oh, what can I do? How can I do the work? This, Thank this you. is how this you show is, up. Yes. Please. Uh, be, an, be an ally. Uh, <laughs> and the distribution center number, which is on 45th Street, 4202 West 45th. That's like Cicero? Like no, it's farther east. Yeah, Pulaski, it's like Pulaski. Pulaski, yeah. Pulaski. Yeah. 773-523-790. Oh, it's lit. I'm driving to 45th Street. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's over. We're going to start. <laughs> what can we do? Let's start. build. <laughs> Period. Um. Oh, that's great. Do you have high country curl poems? <laughs> I should. <laughs> I don't. I also like don't really write poems. Sorry. No, let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. No, that's real. No, this no, is no, a this, this is, is a poet friendly poem animosity podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not the only one. Yeah, uh-huh. no, we love poets and poetry, but like most poems and yeah. places where poetry happened. Yeah. We, what's your like, <laughs> what, what what's yeah. your internal struggle yeah, here? Let's talk it through. Let's let's get yeah, through. Yeah, I don't really think there's necessarily a beef. I think there's just not. A practice or an interest, yeah. So I wrote poetry in high school because I did Louder Than a Bomb all mm-hmm. four years of high school. But it was mostly because I liked performing and yeah. I loved my friends and I loved the environment. And then after Louder Than a Bomb, I was like, oh, I don't have anything to write poems for. I'm not going to write mm. poems. And that was itself a separate issue because I think there was still this internal kind of drive to create and mm-hmm. think and stuff like that. But I, it wasn't manifesting in poetry. And so that kind of desire was just sitting there untapped. <laughs> and then once it was finally tapped, it was very clear that, like, poetry was not necessarily what I wanted to do it. How was However, it um, Well, one, I started working at YCA, and there is n- not necessarily an overt requirement, but part of my position includes artistic development. Mm-hmm. So there were plenty of opportunities to create art along with kind of the expectation that I would be producing art. And so kind of my first year there was figuring out, okay, well, what does that look like? Because I know I don't want it to be poems. Mm -hmm. You know, I love poems. Like, I love teaching poems. Mm -hmm. I love reading poems. I just don't really enjoy writing them. And part of that is an internal issue with expectations of what a poem can look like or should look like and being like, okay, well, I can't do that Mm -hmm. or that's not how... Mm. My words come out. Mm. Um, Who's that for you? Who is that like, that's a poet's poet right there. Like, I'm not that guy. (laughs) If I like could just turn my pen on and write like someone, it would be Lucille Clifton. Mm. Like, just off principle, I think it would be her. There's a kind of precision with which she writes that is natural and graceful, but still elegant without being too ornate. Yeah. that I really appreciate. And so that to me is like, oh, that's a poem. Um, but that's not how my words come out. Right. And there was a whole process to figure out like, okay, well, what does that art look like? Because I definitely, like I said, there is this internal kind of impulse to interrogate and create and share. But I was like, oh, it's not poems. So so where was the first place that it came out that wasn't poems that felt like, oh, this is another way up the mountain, basically? 
I think through journaling and seeing journaling as a acceptable form of art that it's not just this like casual practice that you do alone and it's not for anyone else and I think the reconsideration of that came from kind of two places reading um, Frida Kahlo's journals and like Mm. oh people would read these in their kind of unedited form and then also through uh, my best friend Kush she would read her journal entries like at an open mic. And yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> bold like, design, I didn't yeah. know that this was a so thing. Very, cushy very, 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 very cushy. cushy. <laughs> Be cushy. Um, shout out, Kush. And so, <laughs> definitely Kush. shout out, Kush. Like episode like 18 or something. Other yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Um, so seeing that journaling get that kind of like credibility mm. was cool for me and like okay like I'm reading my journals and they're inherently poetic they're inherently creative oh that counts that's something I could share with the world and then from there it's kind of just like oh I can try other things and I don't have to be good at them necessarily from the start but just to see if they are ways that I might want to share and answer the questions that I'm thinking about. Mm. That really resonates, and I'm I'm curious how that reflection affects your teaching because mm-hmm. I don't think that that was isolated to you. Of, mm-hmm. I don't think it's just the YCA space. I think in general, um, I feel like I noticed in our age range and social media was coming mm-hmm. about that like we were a super hyper performative mm-hmm. band of people, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so much of the history of art is this very like internal building. Mm-hmm. And I, I know for myself, it took like years of now, like not doing much less performing, mm-hmm. but I probably have written so much more mm-hmm. and most of it the world hasn't seen. And, I, you know, I think it mm-hmm. has improved it. And so for you now being in the space with young people of like introducing poetry to mm-hmm. them and you went through this whole cycle of being prolific from my mm-hmm. vantage point um, to then taking a step back. Mm-hmm. How did then you then teach differently? Because mm-hmm. I can imagine you being taught to perform mm-hmm. One, in most of the space I'm teaching in, they're not necessarily geared towards performance. It is just very much like writing workshops. And I think the way my experience with poetry manifests in those spaces is the lack of constraints. It's very much so write in whatever way you want to write, whatever way comes naturally. And if you choose to organize that into stanzas, if you choose to incorporate these other elements— that's fine, but it's not at all a requirement and just emphasizing kind of the natural poetry that exists within people's kind of impulsive narratives and stuff. And so I think that's it's like, yo, you don't got to write a poem. I know a poem, like just the word poem is daunting. <laughs> and particularly working with a lot of students, what's the word? Like I teach in a lot of classes. So like students aren't opting in. This right. is, oh, Miss Dominique is here today. I guess we're writing poems. They may not like poetry and stuff like that. So hmm. giving folks that freedom to, where okay, you want to write a rap? You want to write a play? Just consider this question, wrestle with it, and however your reckoning and answering comes out is A-okay with me. Mm. So hmm. It's less about the medium and more about using what you're compelled to use to wrestle with the same, yeah. with those three central questions. Mm-hmm. All right, so the three questions were, you thought you were <laughs> off the hook. Uh, let's go through it one more time. Remind yeah. me with that. Joy, gratefulness, healing. Yeah. Right. So let's start with the first one. What joyful. brings me joy? What yeah. brings you joy? Let's Marie Kondo this podcast right now. <laughs> what brings me joy was sparks joy. I think there are specific people that spark joy. And there are people that like are, I'm not necessarily close. Like for example, Damon being one, like I'm like, oh my God, it's Damon. <laughs> like it's always like a surprise, yeah. like a present. 
um, seeing certain people that, like, they, I don't think they know that they're significant to me, even if we're not, like, close. Mm. Then there are people that, like, I'm super close with. Like, my sister is such a great source of joy. I really love the color yellow. That brings me joy. Delicious baked goods bring me joy. What's your, what's your pastry game? What are you going for first? It's oh, all. I thought, okay, I thought he was asking, like, what's my pastry game hitting for? I was ready. I was like, no, 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 it's, it's that time. I, I, <laughs> like, we, this needs to be documented and uplifted. You have, you do some like hardcore bake shit. Like, Oof. like, be this baking, is, baking. yeah, like, baking, that's more baking. intimidating than writing a poem. You know, she I came, feel like, yeah. she came to the last live show we did here and, and had a, 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 a batch of cookies that she gave me. Yeah, it was she birthday. baked me cookies. I think I offered you. We are co hosts. I think I offered you some. Okay, no, it wasn't a host. It was like it was his birthday. It was his birthday. I took I, him home. I would have brought cookies today, but I was like, I'm too busy. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. It was. It was like it was a belated birthday gift. I was like, this is. I felt so loved. Yeah. Right there, that okay. Thank you again. I bet you did. I did. I bet you so, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there will be air. She didn't introduce you to Rosie. You, you owe no. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, oh. <laughs> I want to make it clear. You don't know anyone. Yeah, cookies. I have, of course. I'm trying to get these jokes off for these listeners. Um. <laughs> But I think my go-to pace because I really enjoy baking, I can be really picky because I'm like, yeah. I'm not paying for this. Yeah, as a consumer, what are you? Yeah. Tiramisu. I'm buying oh, tiramisu. Oh, oh, oh. I go somewhere. I'm buying it. Good. What's your specialty? Tiramisu. What, 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 fucking soup. I'm buying it. <laughs> tiramisu. Oh. I'm buying it. What, what, what do you feel that these stores and bakeries don't have on you, though? They don't have on me the chocolate chip cookies. Like, it's, yeah. it's such a classic. It is a classic. You know, you know what the standards are because <laughs> yeah, what are you it's, doing? it's a cultural staple. Right. So why would you do this yeah. and then sell it to me for $5? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the chocolate chip cookie like, inflation is out of control. It's, it's absurd. Wild. It's yeah. wild. For, it's disrespectful. I this agree. We need to put a stop to this at <laughs> this right. list of work. <laughs> country, hot crunchy curls, chocolate chip cookies at these expensive bougie bakeries. Hold on. Here's what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start a second <laughs> campaign. Folks, you're going to call it Insomnia Cookies. Oh, Period. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find their headquarters. I judge Target. people when they're like, "Oh, insomnia cookies is the best cookies." I'm like, "No, it's the most accessible." Cookie. You've yes. been you've been bamboozled. They're frozen. You think, yeah, they're fro- and then heat it up. You know? Mostly, what it is is just a warm Dinner. cookie. People just want a warm cookie That's delivered it. to your door. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. No one else has has. But taken also, that. no shade. Like I appreciate the hustlers at Insomnia Cookies doing their thing. I almost want to start by a black woman. Is that a lie? I am. There might be a core. There doubtful. was a okay. There was a corresponding. <laughs> if they might have stole her idea, or maybe she was like parallel. There, but there was a black, was a black woman, woman at Georgetown who started a late night cookie delivery service. And then Insomnia mm. came and co opted. Yeah, I don't. Even it know. Feel, insomnia cookie feels like it's co opted something. That's why I Period. said I'm doubtful. Something. Not that I'm doubtful that a black woman did it, but yeah, they, they don't. Insomnia they not moving. Was founded in a college dorm room. In 2003, at Penn, by then student Seth Berkowitz. Okay, yeah. See, nah, yeah. yeah, nah, yeah. Coming F- for you, Seth. Yeah, fucking nigga, Seth. I don't even <laughs> oh know. Oh my Seth. god! <laughs> but I'm not, okay. I'm not rocking with Buddy at I all. Did. <laughs> Hold on, let's just see. All right, here's the headquarters, <laughs> folks. Please, actually, listeners, if you make this call, one, if you have the means to record it, record it. Two, just send us the screenshot of like your phone records, and we'll send you an Ergo prize. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. give you a shout out. If you call both, we'll send you a t-shirt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the yeah. number is 877-632-6654. You can also email them at customer service at insomniacookies.com. What are they requesting? So they're telling, they're telling the vintners that Ergo wants Dominique sponsored. Sponsored. Okay. And they're telling Insomnia that Ergo and Dominique told them to step their chocolate chip. Okay, that's yeah. fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That, that's approved. Yeah. I also think, so the, the email listed is customer service at insomniacookies.com. I bet if you email Seth at insomniacookies.com, you'll be able to get the founder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give it so, a shot. Just CC him. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just make sure make sure he's... Chocolate he's, chip. Yeah, yeah. You know what's CC. happening? <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> so we're, we're joyful about our uh, well-baked uh, cookies yes. and yellow and seeing family that doesn't might not even know how much yeah. they mean to us. Grateful mm-hmm. gratitude. Where, where is that in your life? I'm right grateful for my body. Mm-hmm. I have developed kind of over the last year a consistent like practice of moving my body and I'm always just like I really like this and like feeling inside my body in ways that I haven't previously felt inside of my body um so I'm definitely grateful is for that, that. Is that, is that movement dancey is it yoga-y is it sporty it, yeah it's right now it was yoga I really love yoga but I was like I can't afford this um however I'm going to put the pressure on myself to commit to like going to free yoga classes because they are there I could not afford a membership to a yoga studio and like justify that in my budget like I actually can't however I was not practicing at home which I was like oh just practice at home and also love that you never have to justify your budget back to a planner (laughs) (laughs) we're we're gonna have to run this up the flag no no I am the flag I couldn't get this approved. I couldn't. I submitted receipts to myself for reimbursement. <laughs> it was not happening. It was not happening. And so then now you give yourself budget cuts. <laughs> basically, yeah, essentially, that's what happened. And then I went the more cost effective route of going to the gym because Planet Fitness is only $10 true, true, a true, month. Yeah, true, um, true. And so it's been a lot of weight training. And, and that's I where you've been running into our previous, yeah. previous guest, Jason Perez. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Shout out to the Planet Fitness family. <laughs> um, so it's been a lot of weight except training. For except, except for dude. Except Dude's for dude. Except for dude. plural. Like, it's just one archetype of dude, but You know who you them, are. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Actually, you might not. Yeah, you know they you don't know. <laughs> They think it's what's up. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I know it's hard to meet people. That is not the place, friend. That is just not the place. Or let them come to you. Yeah. If if a, if a woman sees you in the gym and wants to talk to you, she can do that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Mm-mm. Most people are at a gym because they would rather be in a gym alone, but they can't do that. Yeah. Yes. Like if there was no one else there, that's most people's preference. Yes. And I was so. like, it's six o'clock. There's going to be so many people at the gym. I'm so excited. <laughs> no. It's not on Except for dudes. Except for dudes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and so the thing is, I'm not at Planet Fitness. I'm an LA fitness guy. Yeah, Whatever. Whatever. I knew that was coming. I was I was taking that one on the chin. But I get to hear them in the locker room, right? Like, you know, so I, I, they, they debrief. Oh, really? <laughs> and comments. Really? It's punditry. And and it's not always about it's just it's just a, a continuation of, of dude consciousness that just it is it is unchecked. The, the only time I've ever been to a Planet Fitness, I bought weed in the parking lot. Oh, <laughs> shout out. Yeah. Particularly and then we we're, we're gonna continue this this gratitude. Okay. But particularly and I don't know if, if this aligns with your experience, mm-hmm. but it's what I would call they're not actually old, but old dudes. Like old nigga. I'm not talking like the elderly, but like <laughs> like like you know, because there's this like there's this like 35 to like 54 mm-hmm. year old age group of like oh i might be starting to like have a little bit more solid income or mm-hmm. like you know me and my baby mama records i don't know there's just like a different level of like arrogance and like mm-hmm. sense of self and just like the world is mine but i think it's also how they talk about everything but i think it's also coupled with an urgency mm. i'm doing better and I haven't been married. Like, yeah, I yeah. haven't been in... I, or I'm divorced. Right. And, and like, I'm, I'm trying, trying to get my, my groove back. Yeah. Yeah, old niggas is the worst. And, like, yeah. all... You gotta be careal careful arenas. for posterity, Dave. 
of like when I'm an old nigga. No, I'm. This is what I think about. This is part of my turmoil. It's like how they they must have taken some steps wrong. I need to be adding some evaluations to what's happening in the, in the, along the path because I can't be that. Mm-hmm. You're like I'm I gonna age, but I'm not trying. to I be can't old. be at the the mixer with the fucking shirt with the fucking oh. boots, do, saying the shit. I can't be yeah. the dude at the gym like you. Well, you know, yeah. If you if what you really need to do, like oh, I can't. Oh yeah, I hate that. You know, and in 35 to 54, mm-hmm. they really be feeling it's themselves. It's not the main reason to make your relationship work, but it is a substantial reason yeah. to make a relationship work. I, I can't be an old dude. Because I can, I want to age. Mm-hmm. I want to be wise. But A lot of people get old and don't get wise. That's very true. All right. Thank you for allowing me to <laughs> platform. It's okay. I'm cathartic. glad you got it out. I also didn't. Sometimes I'm, I am curious about the things that men talk about and then I find out and I'm like, never mind. Things don't be talking about shit. It's really isolating, actually. Like, I'm, I'm being <laughs> playful about it, but it's mm-hmm. like, it, it is discouraging. What do you mean? In this approach of like trying to create a better society and better humanity, like having acknowledged the harm that masculinity organized through patriarchy can bring, seeing people who benefit or or participate in mm-hmm. it consciously or unconsciously, just have like no check of it, um, a sense of entitlement, and then I, I would say um, a vapidness, right? Like because you don't see the structures that shape so much of your life. And that is a privilege to you that you don't want to account for. Now, just when we're talking about these young boys in the street, it's like, oh, these kids are dumb. When we're talking about right. shoes, they're talking about dumb shit. It's like, it is a it is a vapidness that yeah. I experience. Like a lack of substance? Yeah, yeah. Like, even when it's not toxic, right? It's mm-hmm. like when we're talking about, oh, what we got to do out here in the community. It's like, well, if we just, nothing, you know. Like, <laughs> they, they, if people just listen to me more, everything would be better. And it's, you know. That is how most people feel. Yeah, if people just did it my way. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, so that is the more seriousness of it. And like mm-hmm. the locker room, there was a, a little bit of the performance is augmented or there's a little bit more authenticity. Yeah. Because they start to fi- form these bonds. And then there's this like, now we can compete the way we want to compete. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, everybody's trying to make their point. Yeah. It's like, I'm just trying to sweat in this sauna. <laughs> and talking makes my breathing more difficult. See, this is why I fuck with the Russian and Turkish baths because they're only speaking Russian. I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That was enough of, of my pontification. <laughs> Gratitude. Is that is that the, the body? The body. Is most of it. I kind of mentioned this in my comment Grace, but I'm really thankful for where I'm at right now, like how my time is being utilized. Like I, I don't know what's going to happen hmm. like in these next chapters, but like I have time for rest that I am taking when I have not done that before. Like mm. through college, it was, okay, I'm working 30 hours a week. I'm taking the maximum amount of credit hours. Like it was a disregard for rest. Like the, I could have created, it didn't have to be that way. Um, and now I'm kind of like I would slow down like it wasn't my plan. It just happened. And I'm like, oh, I like this. Like these small <laughs> moments of stillness. Was I'm it, just w- like, this is great. Was there angst about it at first or did you immediately recognize it? Oh, there's a it? lot of angst. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know who I am without a schedule. Like, I don't know, no, no, no. Like how am I, I, I really like having not necessarily a tight schedule, but like, oh, I have stuff to do because mm-hmm. otherwise I might not do anything because like a, a lot of my discipline is trained it's not natural at all like i think i'm naturally very chaotic and so just like okay well i would just do nothing if i don't have to do anything and like not the good kind of nothing just like damn like actually i'm not doing anything oh oh, i know (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i was very resistant because i was like well i need something to do i what am i to do with all this free time and it's like taking that time for myself i'm like the way 
I think life works under the current structures. You don't get a lot of free time. You don't get a lot of leisure, a lot of rest. And I have a healthy amount of it right now. And I'm so mm-hmm. grateful for it. Like I said, that cereal, I'm like, damn. Yeah. When life, will I get to eat cereal? Yeah, <laughs> that is one of the most fucked up in like personal pieces of capitalism is the ability to not enjoy leisure. Yeah. Like the times where you're not being extracted from to not be able to enjoy that time mm-hmm. either. The fact that we even have to call it leisure. It should just be yeah. it. It should right. just be B. Like, <laughs> but the idea, and I think even in other concepts and pastimes where there, you know, this is the like, like people fought for 40 hours a week, work week, whatever, because mm-hmm. they were working more. How many people do you know right now that actually only work 40 hours? Yeah. Right. And aren't responding to emails. Like this idea. And, uh, you know, part of it is Dave and I were both people who like have made our own schedules and all that stuff. But making your own time, making your own life means that you're never not doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And unless you, like, budget it in the way you're describing, even when you do that, that's not a guarantee that you can mm-hmm. let yourself enjoy it. That guilt of I'm not doing enough is a really, that's a yeah. tough one. Does that resonate for you at all? Just kind of the part about, like, one, I really identify with you all saying, like, it shouldn't even be called leisure. Like, it should just be called being. And, like, I just think about that a lot. Like, okay, well, at what point in history did people have to do work? Like, there must have been a time where it was just like, oh, I'm going to go get my food and enjoy my family. And we going, I don't know, play tag. Like, <laughs> something. And then, then there became... People probably did play a lot of tag. Like, work. And, like, I understand, like, this is, like, and then cultures had, like, specialized occupations and this is how it evolved, blah, blah, blah. But, like, even that doesn't sound like how work is structured today. And, like... Yeah. I imagine maybe at that point work was like toward like community. Like, okay, well, this is the person doing this thing for the community and not this like labor and pay sort of thing that is stay. Cause I like, I, <laughs> my mom kind of looks at me sometimes just like with a question in her eyes. I'm like, mommy, I, I hate work. Like I don't <laughs> like work. Yeah. And I'm not a lazy person, but the idea of exerting myself for payment. Yeah. Market labor. I cannot describe how much mm. I hate it. Zero jokes aside, I would love for someone with a hefty amount of money to marry me and give me their money. <laughs> and then I can be a stay-at-home mom. Like, I, I have no problem with, like, yeah, hard work yeah. and stuff. But the idea of, like, having to do something to get Survive, paid. Yeah. And I just, I can't wrap my head around. And, like, my mom's very much like, yo, she's worked her whole life, been a working mom. Mm-hmm. Right. Took a stock practice after coming from work. Like, and this is the thing that I think she almost like worked for. Like right. this was her standard of success. And I'm like, yo, my I would love to have the exact opposite. Right. <laughs> I know that it's not going to happen, particularly because the niggas is broke. <laughs> that part, but also like I feel like I have a responsibility. No, like yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that definitely that part. I'm like, yo, I'm not gonna just the way my attraction is set up, it's not to rich people. So my rich spouse is probably not gonna happen. That's I very much be with the broke boys and a okay i love y'all but also like i will have to work just because like yeah. the things i want to do require work in that system but like mm. damn why is it necessary yeah my two brief answers and i'll be concise yeah. one is like the rise of the nation state i know it was rhetorical which, which was approximately like five thousand years ago that's basically talking about yeah. like all the specialization but like where we got now of like the wage labor is the industrial revolution mm-hmm. and so i didn't realize this there was not a standard clock before the factory like Whoa. the clock is a work invention right. to be able to run the line. And so if you just think about that, like there well, were yeah. not a standard clock where somebody a yeah. hundred miles away was at the same second as the, and so. Well, we didn't have, 
there wasn't a standard clock in a community until then. And then there wasn't a standard clock community to community until the railroad. Right. Mm. The, because the train shows up yeah. at a certain time, at mm-hmm. least in the United States. I don't know about everywhere else, but that was when like the time zones are established. That's when all these things are mm-hmm. so is because now information, goods, people are moving across those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but it became the 19th century of like subsistence farming couldn't compete with industrial capital. Mm-hmm. And so it became a better to go sell your labor to be able to feed your family Mm -hmm. and it was never a good thing it did make me think to go a little farther back i know we're going real macro here but think about like the feudal system and then that was also that so that was i don't know about the existence of what you described that kind of communal of like specialization for different people providing Mm -hmm. different types of labor to take care of everyone Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of like I imagine it existed and that's kind of what we're trying to (laughs) advocate and build but some of that specialization of labor goes to it wasn't to a communal it was to a singular mm, lord who right. then distributed the resources right yeah so you do all of that to feed the person in power who then distributes mm-hmm. the basic subsistence mm-hmm. yeah all right so <laughs> we went feudal this, this was also a softening to get into like you know i think the, the more tender so I'll maybe we'll frame it as what have you learned about healing because mm-hmm. if you are not comfortable talk about the things that you have to heal no that's i not think what that's asking but think, you can offer that yeah as well. i can offer it um <laughs> but i'll start with what i've learned from healing i think i really want healing to be a finite process like so bad <laughs> i like i want so badly for there to be <sighs> a clear end point like oh you've received your healing certification and, like <laughs> for this issue that you were battling and I, I haven't surrendered to it yet I still have not but I want like I understand that I have to at some point understand that there are a lot of things that are just going to be ongoing and the yeah. battle with it will change and hopefully the battle becomes easier and certain things are no longer a struggle but that the healing is ongoing it's not even a pride thing it's just like damn for real it's so it's fucking for real it's, <laughs> like, it's, it could be demoralizing yeah too. yeah because it's like I, I did this with intention I was courageous I named yes. it I, I addressed it I, I changed yes. a thing and it's like oh no nah, I feel worse than yeah. when it started it's, it's not linear is the thing like yeah. not only is it is it not a segment mm-hmm. but it's not a, a, a line mm-hmm. at all like it, it goes it's not even down. like it then just gets easier forever yeah. it's like it might get harder it could get harder than it's ever been yeah. 10 years down the line mm-hmm. when I was when I remember after going to therapy for a year and a half couple years and I was like alright I can finally now name the anxiety see the patterns of how it presents mm-hmm. now what and she was like what do you mean <laughs> it's like oh. and that's some school shit too of like yes. I, I should get my A now like mm-hmm. I, I did my homework yeah. Like, mm-hmm. am I am I certified? Mm-hmm. You know, to, yeah. to your point. Or also, like that, it has an endpoint. Like, oh, right. this is the work. I move on to the next grade. Yeah. Like, right, exactly. I'm ready. I'm yeah, ready. yeah. Graduation. <laughs> yeah, I have a degree in healing myself. Yeah, we got that. Um, yeah. so that's the thing I think I think about the most in regards to healing is just like, yo, it's not finite, and then. Yeah, I can't even say, like, I think that's a bad thing. I was going to say, like, it's not a bad thing. That isn't fine. For me, it is a bad thing <laughs> right now in my current framework. I would much rather it not be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some things that I am still healing from would be... As much or as little as you want to share. Yeah, no. We can get deep. Um, yeah, but I, I've I, heard the poems. Okay. I just think... <laughs> You'll go. One, there's a lot of old relationships I need to heal from and the thing that I'm most curious about is like so like I'm 24 if I'm gonna be 25 there are still like relationships from high school like mm-hmm. impacting me and I'm just like I'm fascinated but I'm not like I, I personally understand it because it's like oh 
there was a lot going on for you at that point in time. And also just I'm really fascinated by like first love and like stuff like that when mm-hmm. you are loving without inhibition. Like mm-hmm. how that kind of sets you up for a lot of stuff. And I'm so curious by and like in some ways I really want to return to that self that loves without fear. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways I'm like sometimes fear can be good. Yeah, we see where that goes. Um yeah. So I'm always kind of preoccupied by the past or not preoccupied that sounds negative. I'm always considering the past and feeling positively towards it. And I don't think it's like nostalgia. Oh my God, there's another thing you said <gasps> that was, oh God, it was, you said it a long time ago, but something Damn about nostalgia. I literally think I have a screenshot of it in my phone from like 2011 or this something. This was a tweet? I think it was a tweet. Oh, Damon, Damon got some, some quality tweets. Yeah, out. it was something about nostalgia and like. I feel nostalgic the, for your Twitter. How it cannot always be productive. That wasn't the exact language. It wasn't. Yeah, it was like almost like how nostalgia can be toxic. I'm not really sure. I'll look mm. at my phone mm. at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I think I I'm always like holding on to the past mm-hmm. and like holding things close to me, no matter how, like how far away they are. And I think a lot of it's like holding pain close. Like I can hold on to these things that hurt me and like wanting to not forget them. Mm. I think sometimes that commitment to memory is good, but it's like, okay, well, there's shit that you were 17. Like, hmm. why are you still holding on to that pain? And I I don't have, like, a, a good answer. It's just like, well, I, I like it, and it feels good. I think a lot of it is just about familiarity. Yeah, like, you, okay, you who know, am I outside yeah. of pain? Mm. Like, that's a much harder self to identify and imagine. And so there's, like, old things I'm still holding on to. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because you've already put in so much time, energy, and trying to, like— wrestle with it, understand it, you know, becomes a companion in some ways. Yeah. Another thing I'm, like, learning to heal from is viewing myself through, like, the lens that other people view me. Because hmm. um, I found that I always want, like, someone to see me. Like, right. well, do you see me? Because, yeah. again, it absolves me of that responsibility to see myself. So, like, if someone tells me who I am, then I don't have to articulate myself. Yeah. And I don't have that responsibility. Hmm. And, like, that's the thing I want to heal is, like, that impulse to be seen rather than, like, see myself and, like, save some of myself for myself. That's yeah. huge and beautiful. Because, yeah. again, thinking about, like, okay, this significant relationship from me being a teenager, part of it is, like, but I really liked how I was seen. I liked who I was with this person mm. and, like, yearning for that yeah. that old version of myself or that previous version of myself. It's, like— well, you weren't just that person because that person told you you were that right. or that person saw you in that way that that person is still you. Is like that's why I think I'm like, damn, this is why it's still in my mind is because I have not yet articulated that self for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that, that that resonates. Like, one, the yearning of like, oh, I just wish it was 2011 again, like yeah. 2011, 2012. Um, but then also like this, this holding on to – connections and relationships and i think for me before i get to my question one thing that i've had to check is i like to see myself almost through things that are like sad or hurtful for me in terms of my relationship to other people because then that removes what i feel is like the pressure or weight on myself Mm -hmm. as opposed to like oh i was struggling with a sense of self or how to exist in the world and then things happen it's like oh no these three people hurt me and like mm-hmm. now I can think about them as opposed to like deal with yeah. with, with on the inside. But to the, to the point of being seen, what is something you saw or have seen of yourself recently that you've been proud of? Mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna let that marinate. Okay. And then I'm gonna but I wanna say the thing where you're talking about like having things tied to a person. Cause I'm like, oh, that actually really is what it is. Like it's not even like, oh, this person. Cause I'm like, fuck that person. Like yeah. not even like me anyway, but just like but that's like, not it's that's really not, not about not you. I don't redesire the relationship. And exactly. Yeah. But and that's why I'm like the timing of it is so critical. If I'm thinking about everything that was happening in my life at age 17, like having a face for it, like yeah, it was all in capture in this like interaction with like one person, and so I think the, the way we either project or distribute things, like okay, I because you were talking about kind of like almost like a redistribution, like okay, well it's not about me, it's about yeah, like this yeah, person. Yeah. I'm also just like it becomes symbolic in a way, like absolutely. Right, absolutely. you symbolize all of these things that I was reckoning with, and in yeah. some ways, and still reckoning with, and like how that then carries on to this relationship still being significant. I can barely remember your voice, but like the, the way yeah. that I, I feel or I felt about you, like it became yeah. defining for me, yeah. even the hard part. Or even but, just like what I was feeling, like divorce from the person, like if th- right. if this person is almost like, what's the word, like the mascot of that era. A proxy. And that's it. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and I'm still wrestling with that era. Right. Like that becomes the face for it. Well, like you said, it's much easier to put it on that person than to put it on how you see yourself mm-hmm. okay, in that point. Have you interrogated some of that, like, 17-year-old self in your work? Because you also deal with a lot of 17-year-olds. I do deal with a lot of <laughs> 17-year-olds. One of the things I'm kind of working on is a journaling project that's almost like a collection of my journal entries along with prompts and also just exercises that I do for myself because, like, I am very organized, but, like, oh, maybe this will help someone, mm-hmm. like, the way I process my feelings in this kind of very, like, uh, organized way might be helpful. And so in preparation for that and also just in preparation for the new decade, whether you think it starts, like, this year or next year or whatever. That is the least interesting argument to me Yeah, I just world. don't want to—I don't—I'm always like— some person's gonna be like, girl, it's not till next. I'm like, well, actually, like, it's 2021 <laughs> that the decade starts. This, this, this is what people do on Twitter. This is why I don't get on there anymore. Because that <laughs> yes, just... no, this is the conversation. <laughs> I don't really care one way or the other. But I read through all of my journals that I had from the past 10 years. Wow. And mine didn't start until 2011. That's when I first started like, a consistent journaling practice. I had like three pages here and there from before then when I was younger. But like reading over all of that stuff was just like, Oh, like I, I hurt for that person, but I was so, so proud of her and like hmm. happy for her. And it was really moving to see those versions of myself that I wasn't necessarily handling with grace up until that point. And I'm like, oh no, like that girl had it together and she was making do. <laughs> and like, even though there were mistakes that like I may still be experiencing the effects of, like, she was doing her best, and it was just really beautiful to love that version of myself. And I think seeing, like, working with young people around the ages that I think were very formative for me, there's overlap in ways that I think also teach me to be graceful with myself. Because we all know we can be a lot more loving to other people than we can be for ourselves. And I'm not going to criticize my 16-year-old student for doing a thing. And then later on, I realized, oh, you did that thing. Mm-hmm. And you showed this student so much love. Like, <laughs> you now, you now kind of like automatically yeah. got to give yourself that same yeah. love now that you know that it exists. Um, so I think that's how that relationship works. And I still didn't, I know, Take I, your I, time. I know I got the question. You could also throw it away. but I think it's a good thing to recognize though. Because you were talking about wanting to be seen yeah. externally. Oh, so yeah. what's something you've seen or how, how have you seen you mm-hmm. recently in a way? And that, that might be the answer also. 
Yeah, I think uh, the reason why it's challenging for me is because I'm hyper aware of myself. Like I'm always thinking about what I'm doing, what I'm feeling and stuff like that. But it's I only really do it critically. And so that's why I can't <laughs> so, so I asked it. come up with an answer. Because like, I can tell you the things I've worked on, like, but those are still not rooted in really celebration. Like right. they're still kind of based in criticism. Because I'm like, oh, well, I've been growing in this. I'm like, I don't think that counts. I just want to think of like a thing I did. Or I saw myself that was good. Yeah. I, um, What's the word? I don't know if it's like unapologetic maybe. I don't know what the mm, like noun certainly. version of that. But there's one thing I've seen in myself that I want to celebrate is a commitment to myself that I don't think was always there. I think mm-hmm. like I'm really happy about the ways in which I show up as my fullest self recently. Mm-hmm. Like no matter the space and then kind of parallel with that, like I don't always give my fullest self and just the intentionality with which I've been offering myself to others. I think is something that I'm really proud of. That's right. beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's the privilege of, of of like doing this show and doing the work <laughs> because, you know, for people who have known you and seen you kind of along the time, you know, kind of since you were 17, mm-hmm. like which is what we're kind yeah. of talking about the last seven or so years. You are somebody I admire, and I think many people probably admire, identify as like always showing up mm-hmm. as your fullest self and like being bold in these ways mm-hmm. that like I've like man I wish you know I had a little bit of, of that Dominique in a bottle and so it's just interesting to hear mm-hmm. how you were working with it, or if that feeling was inconsistent or if you didn't it wasn't yeah. reflective like you yeah it might have came out that way but mm-hmm. it, it you didn't see it internally mm-hmm. so that's just the I'm yeah. just reflecting on yeah, yeah. yeah I think a lot is about a I can return. imagine somebody listening right now being like what exactly you know? <laughs> exactly and so I think in some ways when it's happening like 17 year old Dom like it is just natural it's happening it's mm-hmm. maybe not inherently a choice but in some ways, I think for me it was perhaps a bit performative or like yeah, right. because it becomes expected. People right, are right, like, right, oh, right, right, right. you are going to be happy, vivacious, like energetic Dom. And I'm like, yo, I'm not always that way. Right. And like, are people going to accept me when I'm not? Absolutely. Right. And so I don't think that kind right. of awareness was there. But then there also was this shift where like, I didn't feel that way, like mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And then now there's a return to that. And like, I'm always thinking about returning to myself who am I outside of external forces mm, and like right. identifying these little pockets where for a moment there was that freedom yeah. and like returning to that self. Ooh. And so that's where like the 17 year old parallels like, yes, I'm showing up, but now I'm showing up in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Not the way you think people want you to show mm-hmm. up. Speaking of celebration, mm-hmm. and I want to get out of here, but I think yeah. this is important that one, an uh, announcement and a connection. <laughs> so, yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I can't announce this. Oh, okay, I was just, I, th- I was letting you set it yeah, up. Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so Damon has something to tell you. <laughs> and there's a reason we're yeah, telling yeah, you now, and there's yeah, a reason yeah, we're telling you in this episode, yeah. which we'll get to in a sec. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Damon, you have a little news. I, I do have news, so it's it's hard to talk about. We're only going to tell you what happened yeah. if you already called Vintners. So <laughs> pause the podcast, go call Vintners, then come back. <laughs> so you know, this is definitely you know for our community, for the Ergo Heads that, that, that know me and us uh, well, and it's weird to talk about because of you know one just like public insecurity, but then mm-hmm. also like um, 
you know, radicality and like trying to figure out new ways mm. to live in the world. Yeah. And so like this structure is like kind of a lot of ways we're antithesis to. So how do we name it? I'm, I'm not caveating yeah. to it, but I'm saying like the naming of it feels insincere sometimes, uh-huh. which has been part of why I haven't said it out loud, but I'm proud. Uh, so yeah, um, I, I've been in a, a long-term partnership with Jennifer Pagan and on her past birthday, I proposed to get engaged. <laughs> and so that's just shout out and i love her and shout out to her and our family it's an exciting time for everybody everybody's all super happy and gushy um (laughs) but it we're talking about it now uh because in a a very very real way you introduced us and so thank you (laughs) no problem (laughs) shout out to that um is there any piece of that story that you want to tell my memories look so fragmented, but I just, the only thing I remember, because there's no reason for me to have known that you're interested in her, right? Nah, there's no, okay. Nah, so then Jennifer telling me that she was interested in this person, me being like, oh, wait, I know him. Like, this has to happen. Damn like, woman. I can make it happen. I was like, <laughs> yes. Like, and so not you only does this make sense, but I can make this yes. happen. Because, like, she was being so, like, because I guess it was, like, abstract in her head. Like, she didn't really know you. Met. Exactly. We didn't have a lot of and I'm like, no, girl, you tripping. Like, this is easy. Like, oh, this party, <laughs> I know he's going to be there. And then make a shake. Like, uh-huh. it was such a good and logical thing. I was like, wow, it has to happen. So you approached with her? You approached Damon with her? Yeah, yeah apparently yeah. they had. I, but had, so, y'all... had pro- so it's weird to say, because, like, it, I was not stalking her in any type of way. <laughs> no stalking. But I was going to this party kind of hoping to find somebody and she was like at the top of the list you know but I also don't want to make it sound like oh I was looking for everybody you know so, no, but so it's weird the... today yeah so yeah. Um, so I had this thing where like we had been following each other for a while I would try to interact in a way that I would be seen this is on IG thirsty. correct mostly IG a few Twitter likes but I had like I had learned or had then got to a strict no internet messaging right <laughs> like we have to have a direct connection right like you have to be my homie's homie yeah. Or we've had to have met mm-hmm. in person at least once. That's a good rule. Yeah. 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 I'd like to propose that a, rule it, for the general populace. Yeah, or at least <laughs> for, like, you know, men struggling patriarchy, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, I think women should have some D- DM autonomy. Mm-hmm. That's different. <laughs> That's totally different. That's totally different. So, dudes, don't, I don't, I'm not for it. Uh, I had seen it get dark. And it's not even I made it up. Like, I just watched mm-hmm. how much <laughs> niggas got dog for their DMs. It was like... <laughs> I'm not coming with nothing too much better than that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I might not be on no bullshit, but I have nothing to offer right now. Um, and so, That's really funny. And so I learned now she's not like the super socialist, social person, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, where is she at? Like, she, she is run- kind of the super socialist. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it, you know, it was funny. So I want to talk a little bit about like the community making you did because like over years you would have these like mm-hmm. air quote family dinners. Yeah. And so there was one I didn't go to the summer before I met her and I saw Jennifer. I'm like, oh shit, she was at the joint. I'm in, I think like Joseph Chili was there too. I'm like, that's my boy. Like, oh, damn. And so um, at this party, I, I I had this thing of like, all right, I'm going to do my intro so then I could throw the DM later. Mm-hmm. And then I got it. You know what I'm saying? Because a familiar DM, oh, I'm, I'm killing that. That's money. That's money. So I walk up, formal handshake. How you doing? I want to introduce myself. My name is Damon. I follow you. I'm a, I appreciate you. I'm, I, I, you know, I don't know if you recognize me, but nice to meet you. You just approach it like networking? Yeah, like a handshake. Basically, <laughs> like a very slick handshake and then boom. And then I was gone. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sweat you. Not gonna, I'm, not yeah. gonna, I'm not even going to ask for your number right now because, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be introduced. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the courage and the boldness to do that. That's the part I'll submit <laughs> to of like, 
the male introduction. And then like 25 minutes later, I'm like standing in the hallway and Dominique like, Damon, come here. <laughs> I recall that that is very vivid. Y'all both cute. Y'all need to And y'all need to stop playing, blah, blah, blah. Literally. And so I'm sitting there like gas because I'm like, oh, damn, like if I got the cosign, this You're is good. This the, the slam dunk. This is the, the fast break. I'm, I'm but then I also was a little bit shitty because it was like, I just did this whole suave handshake thing that she not recognize, but she was just like... You brought it down one-on-one on one and she's trying to throw alley you. Exactly. <laughs> but also like, if a dude, if I have been feeling somebody and they walk up to me and they give me a handshake and then walk away, I'm going to be like, what? That's exactly that's how she was going. Yeah, that's I what I wanted. But not even like... Damon I guess, was trying to create okay, that's the game. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the game, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that, I that wanted was, to that. was it. That. Yeah, okay, yeah, got yeah. It, got because it, got you got to play it safe, right? Because yeah, if they're fucking with you, okay. that was the move. If they're not fucking with you, okay. you're not doing any harm. Got it, got it, got it. <sighs> I'm so glad to not be 22 you anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what a fucking And so by, within the hour, she was like, where Bay at? Like, <laughs> text me. We, and so that's what we exchanged. The DM was no longer necessary. Because from that moment, we then exchanged numbers. Mm-hmm. And then we A-K-A. was rocking for the rest of the point. And, and so the thing is, like, the way our... We basically were together from that moment. Yeah. So it wasn't like we met... And then, they, like, mm-hmm. we named that day as our anniversary. Oh. And so the plan is to have a ceremony, a celebration of commitment and mm-hmm. partnership, wedding, marriage. Oh, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, a thing. You know, monogamy, all the whole, the whole Western construct of love is not what we're, we're with, yeah. but we live pretty close to traditionally normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah. So it's for our families, for our community. And then also trying to, like, build a new model, mm-hmm. create a new ceremony mm-hmm. that's, like, not yes. Judeo-Christian and, like, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. Barbara Ransby is going to officiated Shuck. in the black radical tradition check us yes. out um, and so yeah yeah thank you. So, oh, so seven years to the day after that introduction is gonna be the day of I our ceremony it. so shout out to you yeah. <laughs> shout out to me shout out love yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out love yeah, yeah shout out love period. we don't yeah. shout out love we don't enough. shout out love <laughs> All right, as much as we should I wanna make sure we get you out of here so you can go teach um, but let's check out real quick yeah. what's something from this conversation that's resonating with you sticking with you or just how are you feeling right now um, I'm feeling really good. I feel like I didn't sound like too not smart. Were you nervous? <laughs> I think I was nervous because um, y'all be interviewing like raw ass people. I'm like, and you are one. So <laughs> we've been I'm, wanting to interview you since the first year we've been doing. Okay, this. okay, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, and I also love talking. Um, yeah. and I love like thinking about things. So that felt really good. And I think the thing that's resonating with me is this kind of like idea of control and how it comes up when I think about what I don't want and what I do want Hmm. and how can that framework of what I do want, which is a bit more free, show up when I'm thinking about what I don't want to happen Um, because I don't like being anxious about all these things outside of my control and how can I surrender a bit more to that. Yeah, that's mine too. I mean, that was, you gave me that today. (laughs) That was really useful for me in general. So yeah, that's mine too. Yeah, definitely, definitely a model of like how to be intentional and prepare for life. Like mm-hmm. hearing just the language you used around the, that way you approach things was was really helpful. But I think at a bigger level, kind of what we just did, like conversations like this, is like the the joy or the mm-hmm. gratitude I have for being able to do this show mm-hmm. because you were just somebody I've always like admired and appreciated. And like, it's not something you can just say all the time, right? Yeah. Like, like at the function, it's not like, hey, I, you know. Yeah. And, and and like as we acknowledge, we don't see each other all mm-hmm. the time or share a bunch mm-hmm. of intimate space. So to be able to, one, like offer 
what I have felt mm-hmm. and to be able to say it in a way that's not weird yeah. is like is appropriate, but <laughs> then also to be able to like, you know, hear some more of your journey and, yeah. and see and just reconnect is 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 great. So that means a lot. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I want to shout out y'all for Aww. doing this. Aww. Just in general, RGP, I love when people create a thing and like this journey, like watching it for you all has been really, really cool. Shout out. You're kind of almost residency at the Apple store yeah, and seeing what probably start off as an idea kind of manifest into this broader community I think is super cool thank you and so shout out to y'all for crafting that and allowing me to be a part of it of course thank you you want to take the game yeah. I feel like I've so been too wordy this will be, be the last thing we do so we believe in accountability here mm-hmm. big surprise <laughs> um, and we believe in beef as a tool of accountability mm-hmm. 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 I don't know how familiar you are but we have a pretty expansive category from which we are asking you to pull okay. some beef from. Pull beef. Like <laughs> pull pork. Anyway, <laughs> the 20th century ran, ran a, a fucking muck. Mm-hmm. A muck was mm-hmm. ran. The shit that happened between 1900 and 1999. <laughs> or for y'all who thought there's annoying 1901, 1901 to 2000. <laughs> Go write your affirmation ooh, somewhere between else. Between me. Uh, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Some crazy shit happened there. Yeah. Some shit where accountability did not happen <laughs> deeply. Yes. So what we are asking you to do today in the year of someone's Lord 2020 mm-hmm. is start beef with the 20th century. Okay. Any person, event, place, policy, policy artistic movement, oh. song, okay. movie. As concrete or as abstract as you want it to be. Beef with the 20th century. Dominique, Go. Okay, so I was thinking I was born in 1995, so it couldn't have been a lot for my personal <laughs> lived experience I had beef with. Um, so I was just thinking the first, and I, it's shocking that this is what came to mind, uh, but Prohibition, that's where they're like, you can't drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. that I don't really drink, so I don't know. That's not like a personal beef. But well, I that should, is a thing that I also learned. You weren't drunk all of these times, you would be turned up. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm there, yeah. No. I was like, yo, she lit. <laughs> yes, my mother has frequently thought I was on drugs <laughs> or drunk. And I'm like, mommy, I'm just here and I'm happy. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Nah, pretty much be like sober. No, prohibition was some I think that was terrible. That was a muck. Because then that led into drug prohibition, which is in the drug yeah, war. Yeah, and also just like, I imagine a lot of the reasonings. I'm not too familiar with the history, but like, I could imagine reasonings behind the policy and like effects. Because of the policy, and I'm just like, oh. so it's really, so it's really interesting. So the temperance movement, mm-hmm. which is what gets framed as kind of like what led it, was actually mm-hmm. a woman's led movement, mm-hmm. at least in the public facing side of it. And a lot of it was around it being a preventative measure to account for domestic harm, mm-hmm. right? So if we keep these men from going and getting drunk, mm-hmm. they won't come up, come back and hit us. Oh damn, maybe I don't start beef with it. But no. one, I don't think it was effective. And two, what a lot of it was was a way to create again, like. Um, disparities and who could have access the same way we're saying yeah. with weed right now like yeah. it's legal for some mm-hmm. illegal for others Highly the way we like general. Christian value it, it's kind of like um it's some puritan some, shit some early white feminism stuff yeah is, 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 it's is. also how the uh how the kennedys made their money it's how a lot of white people who didn't have inherited wealth built wealth was by participating in like bootlegging or like they go like dukes of hazard and some shit but that's mm-hmm. where they're making moonshine and yeah. selling it that's how the kennedys made their money uh, it's, also, it's how the mob controlled yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. It's also how the inf- like black music being exploited. They probably would have found another way because racism <laughs> is real. But black artists being exploited in the way they mm-hmm. are is explicitly a prohibition mm-hmm. structure. So it was all this money off the books. And then 
these clubs that were controlled. So the mm-hmm. whole idea of like segregated club, but then like Billie Holiday can come or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Louis Armstrong, like that, that network. And then now I'm your agent. Now I sign your contract. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have any royalties. You don't have any ownership. And the only way they were allowed to perform was they had these things called cabaret cards. So that right. enabled you to perform in a place that served alcohol. And if you made a stink, tried to do labor organizing, protested the conditions, they could pull your card and then you wouldn't Said be allowed to about per- segregation. And then you're not allowed to perform anywhere. Um, so uh, we're with you on that beef. Yeah, yeah. That's a great complicated okay. good, good pull. That's okay. some quality. Was, I don't know. That's, a, you, that's some good pull beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's quality. right in line with, with how the game should go. Yeah. You, you did it. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank we you so much for having you. me. Yes. How can folks find you and your work in the ways you want to be found? Um, you can follow me at Neek James on Twitter and Instagram. How do you spell that? N-I-Q-J-A-M-E-S. Mm-hmm. And then my website is neekjames.com. Perfect. We're at Ergo Radio. I'm Dama underscore AF. I'm at Ergo Kiss. And we'll be back next week with another person reshaping the culture of Chicago and beyond for the more equitable and creative. Much love to the people. Peace. Bye. Bye, y'all. Hey, Rosie. Yes, Daniel. Do you uh, listen to podcasts by any chance? Sometimes. Do you like how they sound? Not really. Well, you should really listen to podcasts on Overcast. Overcast is an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, not a single paywall. It's just a great podcast app for everyone, including you. Huh. You can get it for free on the App Store. Hey, Rosie. Yes, Daniel. Do you listen to podcasts? Sometimes. Do you like how they sound? Not usually. Well, you should really listen to your podcast on Overcast. It's an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. How do you feel about exclusives? You know, where like you can only hear it in one place. I don't like that. How about like premium content where you have to pay extra for it? No, thank you. What about like a paywall where you can't even see what it is until you pay? Uh Uh-uh. Well, the good news is Overcast doesn't have any of those. It's just a great podcast app for everyone. Great. You can get it for free on the App Store.